This is The Guardian. Today, how has Sweden become the gun crime capital of Europe? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When I think about Sweden, I think about its reputation for gender equality, about progressive values. And yes, I think about Vikings, Ikea and saunas. But recent headlines have painted a shocking story. Gun crime in Sweden has seen a multi-year spike, which has proven fertile political ground for right-wing parties. More and more teenagers are taking up guns, firing bullets from rifles they can barely hold. Gunfights, explosions and murders have become a daily occurrence across the country. In September alone, there were 11 fatal shootings. Three of those killings took place within just 12 hours. It's become the deadliest month from gun violence since records began. You know, I I stood with one guy, he he got nine bullets in in his body, he was standing on crutches. I I can see the hate in his eyes, you know, but I just told him that he was loved and there's hope for you also. And I saw tears in his eyes just because nobody's saying that in his environment, you know, and he, he got a body full of bullet holes. Sebastian Staxer, a former gang member turned campaigner, says the situation is urgent. Children as young as 10 are being recruited by drug dealers, and teenagers in deprived neighbourhoods say they feel trapped and hopeless. I talked to one young kid and he said, when I get shot, do you think it's going to burn? Is it going to hurt? You know, and I was like, my little friend, you know, you, know, you will not get shot He was so scared that he was shaking. So a lot of these kids growing up in Sweden, they are growing up with fear and they're so scared. What has gone so badly wrong for young people in Sweden? And why is it getting worse? From The Guardian, I'm Nasheen Iqbal. Today in Focus, Sweden's gun crime epidemic and the teenage gangs caught in the crossfire. Miranda Bryant, you're The Guardian's correspondent in Stockholm. And when most people think of Sweden, they think of progressive, calm, order. They don't necessarily think of criminal gangs or of it being a really dangerous or violent place to live. But recent headlines have told a really stark story. Can you tell me what's been going on in the last couple of weeks? In a period of just... Ten days, there were seven deadly shootings in different locations across Sweden. In Sweden, a woman has died after what police believe may be the latest in a series of explosions linked to a gang war. Several other people were injured in two other blasts across the country, one in the south and one in a suburb of Stockholm. There have been explosions 
in private houses addresses around Sweden as well. Pretty much every day there has been news in the morning of a tragic and violent incident. So there are residential streets being hit with explosive devices, hand grenades and bombs even. What's behind this most recent violence? This latest wave of shootings is apparently all linked to a internal disagreement or split within a gang called Foxtrot. But when it comes to other incidents, all kinds of things motivate it. But experts I've spoken to say that it largely centres around narcotics. Police in Sweden are investigating whether two explosions that rocked residential areas are linked to a drugs feud between rival gangs. Others say that access to guns is far too easy. The police say that they mostly come from the Balkans and it's only a matter of time until weapons start coming over from Ukraine. So the drug trade is unsurprisingly a key factor here and then there's this major problem with guns. The other worrying thing we're seeing in Sweden is the rocketing number of teenagers who have become so heavily involved with both. Sweden is unique in the sense that rather than having networks run by a few older figureheads, it's very easy for children to get hold of drugs themselves and then have their own distribution networks. I spoke to the Swedish schools minister recently and she was talking about the openness of Swedish schools. She said, these gangs, they recruit children. And where are children? In school. And I went to a school recently, and literally you you can just walk in. Right behind us right here, there was a guy that was shot in the pizzeria. He was shot by a 16-year-old who came into the pizzeria and wearing a face mask and shot him from behind on point-blank distance. More younger and younger people come through. It's something that a lawyer, Evan Setten, who's been working in this area a lot, she describes them as barn soldate, child soldiers. Wow. So it's teenagers, well, children really, who are being exploited essentially when they join these criminal gangs. How does that atmosphere translate and what does it feel like for Swedes to be living with this level of violence? I guess in many ways it depends where you are and who you're talking to. Because housing tends to be so segregated in Sweden, you could be living in the same city as all of these things happening and not really encounter it in your day-to-day life. So there are two parallel worlds operating. Yeah, exactly. And if you compare it to London, for example, obviously there's increasing levels of gentrification and change taking place. But you can still be in the middle of central London and be in a place where literally millionaires live next door to people who are in social housing. Well, in Stockholm, that really doesn't seem to be the case. In Stockholm, you've got, you know, the archipelago and people with second homes, summer houses next to the water. Then you've got the city in the middle and then around the outer reaches where you're more likely to live if you are from a refugee or immigrant background. Although the violence is happening in some ways all over, the lives of people are extremely different depending on where they live geographically. So essentially, it sounds like a failure of government. Miranda, you did tell us in a previous episode about Sweden's centre-left party, the Social Democrats, who were in power before being ejected last September. And they seem to have failed on this front. 
They failed to properly address what's going on in these neighborhoods, these ghettos. And now there's a right-wing coalition government with big plans to address gang culture. What have they done? So the solutions being proposed by the government are prison expansion, punishment. The government in their budget just the other day announced that they're going to be heavily investing in the justice system, which a move towards more imprisonment. And there's also talk of imprisoning younger people. It's quite a shift for Sweden. Sebastian Staxet, you're a successful rapper, but you're also a youth worker of sorts. You founded an organisation called Heart of Evangelism in Sweden to stop children being led into criminal gangs and to help young people find a way out of them. Now, this is something you do know a lot about from your own experience. You used to be in a gang. How did you get involved in that world? When I grew up, I didn't feel good, you know, I didn't do good in school. I got bullied in school and I started to seeking the areas outside of the school, the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, there was prominent figures who was having crimes, you know. They got to be role models and influence you into a life with crime. And it started small and just proceeded up, up, up. And then you were in it for real, you know, and that's how it went. How old were you when you first recognized that you'd actually, you know, you've joined a gang and what sort of things were you expected to do? When I was like 17, 18, I was in a gang, but that was not a really serious gang. But right after my like 21st birthday, I joined one of the heaviest gangs in Sweden and it got real from there on. It's like a family. You get into the life of crime. You go so deep into it. So you don't feel like you're part of the regular society. So this is your society. It's its own rules. It's its own kingdom. It's its, it's own world, you know. And, and it's ruled by fear. It's ruled by violence. And that's the life. That's the life we lived. And you said you got sucked into it as a teenager. But can you describe to me what your life was like back then? And when you were heavily involved in the gang in your 20s? small robberies and break-ins and deal a, a little drugs, you know, and, and just took a lot of drugs and drinking, you know, and just living reckless. Like Then I, I, I stabbed a guy, got caught for it and ended up, up in prison. And that was like a school, you know, I, I got in contact with some heavily, heavily criminals and that started a new life for me. And when I got active in the real criminal life, then it was just crimes. It was violence and crimes all day. It was robberies, it was shootouts, it's the life of a criminal, you know. Did your music career, was that taking off when you were still in the criminal world or was that something that really became a success for you once you'd left? How did it sort of weave together? We started the first gangster rap group in Sweden. It was called Cartellen, and, and the brains behind the, the rap group was, was some of the biggest criminals in Sweden, you know, and I was a young rapper, so that's yeah. how I got involved in very serious gangs. How did you manage to get out of that? How did you manage to step away? 
when you become a criminal, you get like sucked into the the glamour. You know, it's, I saw a lot of rap videos, and I, I saw a lot of guys with great cars and Rolex watches, and wanted to be like them. But then when you're in the car with the watch, you know, and you still got a bulletproof vest, you got a Glock because you have to be ready if somebody's gonna shoot you, and you get addicted to cocaine. And when you find out what that life is really about, and when you're really stuck in it, and you know this is hell on earth. I feel so bad. I lost 38 friends to this life, you know. 38. 38. So it's funeral after funeral after funeral, just destruction and death all around you, you know. I, I started to cry out for help and there was no help to be found anywhere. So I decided to end my life because it, I lost everything. It's, everything was just dark. Then I, I found faith in Jesus and that was my way out. And a lot of my friends who, who made it out also found faith because it's like society is not structured to help us live that life. It's, it's structured to keep us in that life. I was like 28 years when I started to seek out from that life, you know, and I was like soon over 30 when, when I left it. And it was a hard journey, you know, it was very hard living. It sounds remarkably difficult that, well, first of all, that you were in it and that you survived. And then secondly, that you were able to get out and become a success on the other side. Can you tell me a bit about that? I mean, what did you do once you'd left that gang and left that world behind? I walked out in a park and I just saw the nature and I was like, I can't believe that I'm alive and I cannot believe that I'm free. Now I want to do good, you know. I started a help organization and just started to try to help people. And I got back to the prisons and I tried to help people in prisons to motivate them to think because I was really famous. Everybody, everybody listened to my music and I was like a poster figure for that life. So many people say like, if Sebe can do it, maybe I can do it. So I tried to just encourage people to be an inspiration for them to leave it. But in 10 years in Sweden, it's got so much worse than 10 years ago. It's, it's on steroids now. What's going on there? What do you think has changed? We're number one in the statistics of gun violence in, in Europe. It's really bad. And there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of weapons. There's a lot of drugs. And there's a lot of young men ready to go into that life. It's a lot of young people waiting in a big line to d destroy themselves. That's the reality now in Sweden. When I see these young people in Sweden, you know, and, uh, when I talk to them and I see, you know, in their eyes, you know, it's, it's like I, I look in, in, into a 20-year-old's eyes because they've already seen so much. Sometimes it feels really hopeless, but still it encourages you to try to reach more young people, you know, and, but it's really bad now. It's, it's really bad. Well, tell me about that. Why do you think it is so bad now? What are young people telling you about why they're joining gangs? What's the appeal? They created these ghettos in Sweden, you know. I will say the word ghetto because it, it's it's like a ghetto, you know. I've noticed many times, you know, shootings and stuff, and the police doesn't even come. So, and if you leave a place like that to just fall and to self-destruct, then a parallel society will grow up from that and replace the ordinary society. And now you got the situation that the police don't want to come in, and, and then the, the people who live in that community start to feel like animals in a zoo and everybody get judged living in that area in that community 
And then a structure of, of fear and it started to take place. And there's other power structures, not police, but the gangs. And if, if, if you let that be the case year after year after year, if you don't like put any money or any effort into the society or then uh, those forces will grow stronger and stronger. You know, it's not like this is the first time in the world. You can look at America, you can look at Mexico, you can look at some areas in England. You know, it's like it's the same everywhere. Why? Because that's the result of a ghetto. Like people being segregated, put in bad housing and left in quite deprived neighborhoods with not that much opportunity. Yeah. And, and also no care. You know, it's like this is what happens, you know. To me, it's striking at least that, on the surface at least, the only ticket to entry is being a person of colour. So you could be Turkish, Somalian, Kurdish, Iranian, whatever. But if you're not white, you are much more vulnerable to becoming a gang member. Do you think that's true? I am white, you know. So so uh, for me, it's the, the reason why it's all, not only ethnical gangs, it's because it's the gangs comes from the neighborhood. So mm. it's neighborhoods gangs, you know, and the people who live in that neighborhood conform a gang because that's the young guys who grows up in poverty, feeling left out with no functional schools, and they started their own gangs. A lot of these ghettos, there's a lot of immigrants living in them, but I know a lot of Swedish people also in gangs, you know, who grew up in those neighborhoods. So it's a neighborhood problem. I guess the reason I ask, because, uh, you know, you often hear that it's a really easy narrative for the right wing or the far right to manipulate, to say that, well, there's been a rise in crime, there's been a rise in violence, and it's down to having more immigrants in the country. But from what you're saying, it's actually poverty that's the root cause. If you really want to like to smash that argument, it's like uh, some of the best businesses in Sweden is run by immigrants, you know, mm. <laughs> because they had present fathers, they got good education. If you didn't have these ghettos in Sweden, you wouldn't have this problem. It's not an immigrant problem. It's a ghetto problem. And if we receive a lot of immigrants in Sweden, we used to be very good at giving people the same opportunity, equal opportunity, jobs, and, and now we just left them. Sweden fashions itself as the world's humanitarian conscience and safe harbour for more refugees per capita than any other European nation. But it's been shaken by a series of incidents that have ruptured that image. You, you get into the country, you get placed into an area like this, and then the first thing you see in Sweden is the area's parallel structure. And of course you're going to think this is how Sweden works because this is the Sweden you will meet. But if you move to uh, subway stations like south or northwest, there's a whole lot, another Sweden with not the same problem. Why? Because it's not the same poverty. Sebastian, your experience inspired you to work closely with young people who are now vulnerable to becoming gang members themselves. Can you tell me specifically about the work that you do? We're currently 29 full-time employees. It's key figures who got a lot of followers on Instagram and, you know, people know us. So the reach is very big, you know. We've got like a community center in, in south of Stockholm, the same area where we grew up, just next to the cemetery where a lot of my friends is buried. 
in my life, it was not only me who broke. It was my mother, it was my children. You know, the destruction came through the whole family. So we try to ha have that perspective also to, of course, we want to help those young men who live this life to leave it, but also want to be a support for their mothers and to be a support for their children. Because it's not only just put down the gun, stop doing crime. You know, you need a new mind, you need a new heart, you need a new feelings, and you need new circumstances. It takes a village to raise a child, you know. Mm. But if, if somebody want to leave that life, it, it takes a village because the support system for just one needs to be massive. So that's what we try to do. We just try to help people. It's a really noble mission. I mean, how long have you been doing this work for? Six years. You know, now we have to go so young as like eight, nine, ten year olds. Because if you got a shooter who's 13, then maybe that shooter got a little brother who's like 10 and he sees and he hears mm -hmm. and he understands. So the prevention operations needs to go down in age heavily. You know, it's not like right. 18, 19, it's like 8, 9, 10, 11. So, so we tried to work together with schools, with like after school activities and also, you know, through athletics and, and stuff like that, because kids need role models. Coming up, Sweden's right-wing government promised to crack down on gangs. So why are things getting worse? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today in Focus is supported by Better help. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus. Sebastian, last September, a new government came into power in Sweden. How do you think they're doing when it comes to addressing the problems that you've been talking about? 
our government, you know, they they didn't get the mandate to rule Sweden, so they make a coalition with parties that's really not seeing eye to eye. So you don't really feel that there's a united tone from the government. You just see that we're going to strike down hard on the gangs. One example is when they started to make it like you're going to get more severe punishment if you are 15. Okay, and next month in the newspaper, you see shootings performed by 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds. You know, it's like everybody who's like schooled and really know what they're talking about, they say we need prevention, 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 prevention. And this government, they took out funds from the schools in Stockholm, so they got less money. They went straight against everything that everybody who knows what they're talking about said. So it's, it's a dark cloud over Sweden right now. And how does that life, if ever, how does it touch on wealthier white Swedes um, going about their lives? I mean, this violence, is it contained just to the neighborhoods, just to the people involved in gangs and to their families? Or is there is there spillover? Is there crossover? Are people generally scared? Yeah, yeah, people are scared in Sweden, you know, and that's why now they try to solve every problem by fear-based decisions. And every decision that you base in fear is always a wrong decision, you know. So what Sweden should do now is we need to make a 20 years plan, how we're going to change the situation. And both the right and the left needs to agree about this and to be a national crisis plan, how we're going to prevent that more young people get destroyed like this. But nobody wants to do that. They just want to argue and fight. And this problem just grows and grows and grows. So it's like a monster now. So what you do, you do the blame game. Yeah, it's this fault. It's the immigrants. It's pa 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 pa. You just blame everybody, you know. What do you see as a solution? You said it's a 20-year plan, but what would that look like to be effective to change up this current situation? You, you need to erase the ghettos. You need to take them away, you know, and you cannot do that in four years, but take them one at a time, you know, direct efforts at one problem area at a time and just work, 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 not for two months, but for years, you know. You need to inform the people who come to Sweden to, as immigrants that there's like hope here. You can get a job and you need to like learn about the Swedish system. More jobs, better education, more safety. You need to create a community sense for people because if you, you feel like a part of the society, then you started to work f- for the society's best. But if you don't feel up like this is my Sweden, I don't have anything to do with that. You know, you're not going to lift a finger to help that Sweden. So you need to, to equalize Sweden. And what about those young children who are eight, nine, ten years old? How do you make them feel like they have an alternative to gangs? This is not monsters, you know, this is just regular kids. You cannot talk to them from a distance. You need to be there in in the neighborhood. You need to go there and, and be the change, you know. But when you're like 10 years old and you want a Gucci hat, you know, it's like, this is your plan of life. I just want this Gucci hat. So what you what you have to do when you, you speak to them, you have to speak to them like you, you understand that they want that Gucci hat, but also to make them aware about the consequences. And so when you're that young, you have a really strong relationship with your mother, you know. And uh, and if you get to, to think, of, but what does your mother want for you? And how is this is going to make her feel, you know, then you got a way to reach them.
I was talking in a seminar with the police and they said that these gangsters, you know, these gangster leaders, they are the reason why there's no hope here. Nothing is going to be good as long as they are here. But I said, but that's how you looked at me. And now I'm here and I, my life was changed. You know, let's see potential, not only problems. Mm. Well, Sebastian, what do the young people in these neighborhoods say would be the most useful thing for them? What do they say they want? To have a life, you know, to have a life, to have a job, to have an education, to have a chance and to get out from the mentality that I'm stuck at this place for the rest of my life. We need to give the young people a chance to dream and uh, to give them hope for a future. That's the most important thing right now in Sweden. Stashin, thank you so much. Thank you. That was Sebastian Staxet, founder of Heart of Evangelism. My thanks to him and to Miranda Bryant, The Guardian's Nordic correspondent. I do recommend reading Miranda's reporting on this story, particularly the piece titled We Don't Want You to Be Killed. Sweden Seeks to Stem Deadly Rise in Youth Crime. Find that at theguardian.com. And finally, on a slightly different note. A much happier note. A happy, happy note. We won big at the British Podcast Awards last week. Today in Focus won gold in the category for Best Current Affairs Podcast. And we won silver in the Best Daily Podcast. And so we wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you so much for listening to us. And so if you'd like to leave us a review, this is a very nice time for us to do so. Do that wherever you listen to your podcasts. And that's it for today. I'm Nasheen Iqbal. And this episode is produced by Natalie Kapenna and Sammy Kent. Sound design is by Solomon King. The executive producer was Huma Khalili. We'll be back again tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in-person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 